well met, everybody. Welcome to Geek Thyself, a show by nerds, for nerds, who love geeking out over random facts and esoteric trivia. My name is Heather. I'm Russell. And we'll be your hosts for this journey through the wondrous land of information. Hey, guys. Uh, welcome to this Fortnite's episode of Keep Thyself. This <laughs> yes. is not weekly and anymore. For those of us that are across the pond, Fortnite means every two weeks. Yeah, I was literally just about to ask, <laughs> do you use the term Fortnite? I uh, mean, honestly, the term Fortnite gets used over here, but it's used for a video game, so it's not the same thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I That's... was going to say, like, I, I know that the video game is called Fortnite, but no, uh, Fortnite is a fairly common term in the UK. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, it's like, for, I like when magazines come out generally, they come out fortnightly. Which is every two weeks. Yeah, and over here in the U.S., we would say bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. See, the problem with bi-weekly is it does it mean two times a week or every two weeks? I know it's not. Like I don't understand how that that works. I know. I mean, I I grew up with a British father, so for yeah. me, you say fortnightly, and instantly my brain is like, oh, okay, every two weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like it instantly yeah. translate what's that translates what that means, yeah. but. But like, is there most like... people over here just notice a video game? I mean, that, that that's totally fair. But like, no, but serious question: like, when you say bi-weekly or like bi-monthly, is there any way of knowing do if they mean once every two months or twice a month or whatever it is? Not necessarily. Not without more context. So that no, I know. That's... I mean that's a very early tangent. Yeah, I and it, it's one. something, it's something too. Where depending on who you're talking to, like I've heard every other week referred to as biweekly. Okay. I've also heard every other week referred to as bimonthly. Because like you were saying, it's you know twice monthly instead of. Oh no! I don't even like that. I don't. Most even like of that. <laughs> most of the time, in my experience, most okay. of the time people will just say every other week. That, that makes sense, but I've also got a problem with the, like every two weeks being used as bi-monthly. What about if the week has five, five weeks? I know. Like, then, then it doesn't follow the pattern. I know. This was a really bad tangent. See, this is why we have to accommodate <laughs> for extra time when we record together. Because if we record together, this is what happens. I'm going to leave this in just to prove a point. This didn't happen in our last episode <laughs> with Heather because Heather was on her own because my schedule sucks. But I'm back now. <laughs> I'm here. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are making it uh, work. This week, uh, we are covering something that is definitely American-centric because yes. we just call it Trader Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's the 4th of July. No, uh, it's Thanksgiving, uh, specifically. And we don't have Thanksgiving over here. Um, For anyone who's unsure of why Britain doesn't have Thanksgiving, and I I would hope that no one listening to us has that question, but I have heard people ask that question before of why don't they celebrate Thanksgiving in England. I'll let Russ explain that one. I actually have no idea. Really? (laughs) Really? I have no idea. I just know we don't have it. I, I would imagine... It's just due to something the colonies invented. Pretty much. Like, yeah, like, yeah. we um, never had it. Like, we we generally celebrate Christmas as a general nation. Obviously, not everyone. 
but we don't have like a specific extra day to thank the harvests, which I think is what Thanksgiving started as. Yes? No? Maybe? I don't even know. This is so. <laughs> You've got a smile so... on your face, which makes, which makes me look like I've said something wrong. And to be honest, I might have. It's okay though. <laughs> this is not something that they're going to teach you in England in no, school. Absolutely. Not. For obvious um, reasons. Um, so yeah. So I guess for any of like, our UK and foreign listeners like, who aren't sure of exactly what thanksgiving is well um, every time i hear, hear of thanksgiving in like so just for that like in any kind of context it's always thanking for things so i would imagine it's giving thanks for a good year of harvest or just good mm-hmm. people like people and all that kind of thing but i have no idea if that's the case that's just me making an educated guess based on the fact it's called thanksgiving <laughs> it's a good guess it's very close um So I actually, I think it was last year or no, it was before you and I were doing podcasts together. So it should have been two years ago then. Yeah. So it was a couple years ago. Was it two or three? (laughs) (laughs) But I did an episode um, basically talking about the real history of Thanksgiving. So the way Thanksgiving is taught to us here in the U.S., we are basically taught very at a very young age we're taught a very simplified version of the story which is when the pilgrims came over to america to escape religious persecution in england cool which is true mostly uh we were Um, definitely not the best with people who didn't align with the with the crown's thoughts on religion yes which which was the problem We've covered that bit in other episodes. Yeah, and today's topic being about who really were the pilgrims, we'll get into why it wasn't all religious persecution for the original pilgrims. It'll make more sense. But um, basically, we're taught at a young age, like elementary school, you're taught that the pilgrims came over on the Mayflower and they settled at Plymouth Rock. They landed at Plymouth Rock and settled there. And then they made friends with the Native Americans in the area who provided them with food when the pilgrims were starving. And so Thanksgiving is supposed to be a celebration of being thankful for the food and the harvest and the friendship that we made with the Native Americans and then promptly failed to upkeep our end of the bargain on that one. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah, Um, I was going to say, where does the traitor bit come (laughs) from? Yeah, I know. (sighs) I know. Oh, dear. Um, um, but in theory, it started nice. In theory. Um, but the episode I, I did on... matters. I know. I know. <laughs> the episode I, start, I did on the real history of Thanksgiving talks about how there's a lot more to the story. It's not just, oh, they provided us food and we became friends. There's many, many years of history and controversy controversy back and forth and the original thanksgiving was actually probably not in november it was probably in a completely different time of the year because for anyone who has ever ever been on the east coast the northeast coast in the middle of november specifically actually the end of november when we celebrate thanksgiving you are not harvesting anything you are in snow yeah i was gonna say like the harvest I'm not a, I'm not much of a, an agricultural person, but most harvesting is in the summer. Like, right. Yeah. That's, so that's like six months, like maybe potentially, like between yeah. four and six months. Yeah, and and Plymouth is in Massachusetts. 
Massachusetts. Y'all were not harvesting vegetables in November. You were in snow. So the only I, thing I there's... can imagine that you harvest <laughs> in that kind of weather because we harvest them here is potatoes mm. potentially. Yeah, maybe. Because if the ground wasn't frozen like, solid. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the, like we're good at potatoes because they can grow all year round here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, potatoes and carrots, basically, that's it. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's a like it's literally an entire episode all on its own, so I don't want to get into it further than that. Sure, um, that but the sense. the basic like the super super simplified pieces are missing from the discussion, but the super simplified version of Thanksgiving is that it's supposed to be celebrating. Being thankful for the harvest after coming to the American colonies and being thankful for the assistance of the Native Americans and friendship and all that kind of thing. It's one of the reasons why. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why a very traditional Thanksgiving tradition, that was (laughs) an unnecessary sentence, but um, a big Thanksgiving tradition is to have everyone go around the table and say what they're thankful for for that year. I like the concept of it. It's a really nice concept. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, in, in, in regards to Thanksgiving today, um, what we wanted to talk about, um, what I think is an interesting topic and what one that pr- Russ probably, he might have a little bit of the British history perspective on it, but you probably don't know tons about it from, our, from the U.S. perspective, Absolutely is not. who were the pilgrims? I, I am not really familiar with this kind of like a topic at all so i i know like a very surface level uh information about thanksgiving in general mm-hmm. like i said we don't have it there's we're not taught it even like i even took history as i can like i guess you call it like an elective like it's mm-hmm. like one of my elective to- topics and still didn't get it covered uh we actually yeah. focused more on world war Two for my elective which was fun but not, not well that also kind of makes sense because England was involved a lot in World War II. Oh, yeah, just a bit. Just a little bit. You know. <laughs> just a tiny bit. But tiny um, bit. It, in specifically in regards to the Pilgrims, one of the things I wanted to talk about today is that, you know, like I mentioned, there's a very simplified version we're taught as children. Oh, the Pilgrims came over to escape religious persecution, yada, 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 landed at Plymouth Rock. There's actually a lot more to the story. Oh, and. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that's very interesting to me also is that everyone thinks of the Pilgrims as just being the Puritans. And to be clear, these Puritans were so strict and <laughs> um, compared to what other people were doing that that's one of the reasons they they left. They were known as separatists. Specifically, um, they were a sect of Puritans, group of Puritans, division of Puritans, whatever term you want to use, they were a group of Puritans who didn't want to be forced to celebrate in Church of England churches. They wanted to be able to have their own churches. Which, from a reasonable sort of standpoint, is a fair thing to ask for. Yes, unless you're living in 1600s England. Unless you're living in 1600s England (laughs) under a monarchy that was still chopping people's heads off at this point. Yes, and also that established the Church of England so that they could divorce someone and marry someone else. <laughs> and I'm yeah. not kidding. If for anyone who not. has not looked up the history of it, I am not kidding. That is how the Church of England started. 
yes, our lovely uh, monarch, King Henry VIII, decided he wanted a divorce after his first wife uh, couldn't give him uh, a, son. a child. Uh, or specifically a son. Uh, I think she. I think they were just infertile. Anyway, but the point is, they went to the Pope, asked for that divorce, were told no, and they basically went, all right, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. where the, the Church of England uh, come from, uh, was started. The monarch yeah. wanted a divorce. And we could do a whole episode on that. Her. That's a whole lot that's of... Oof. Oh, we um, do an episode on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down. Um, yeah. But anyway, the Pilgrims were a group or well who we think of as the pilgrims most people think of the puritans and the puritans in question were specifically wanting to have their own church they didn't want to celebrate in church of england churches they didn't want to have to go to church of england churches they wanted to be able to have their own and so they became known as separatists because they they felt they actually felt that the church of england was too radical or well yeah they felt that it wasn't pure enough which to be fair, how it was created is probably a fair assessment. It was literally created out of spite. Yeah, honestly. They're not 100% wrong. But the Puritans were was a term that was used specifically to talk about people who wanted to purify, quote-unquote, the Church of England. Basically, Catholicism, and I'm not trying to dig on any religions just for the record, but Catholicism has a lot of rules, a lot of rituals, a lot of, compared to some religions, a lot of pomp and circumstance. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all. It just, they have a lot more ceremony to some of the stuff they do than some of the other Christian religions that have still some ceremony, but not quite as an elaborate one. Yeah, it's with the, like, Catholicism, like, it's not just about the act of having it done. There's, like, a lot that goes into set preparing those things, I guess. Like, stuff that maybe isn't necessary, like, for, for, mm-hmm. for the actual purpose of what you're trying to do. I, I, yeah, I could see what you mean there. Yeah. So, the Church of England, when it took over, did get rid of a lot of things that the Roman Catholic Church had included in their, their ceremonies and their rituals and everything. But they kept a decent chunk of it. Because, you know, it had to base itself off something other than just spite. And, um... <laughs> I don't have a problem with what happened to that poor woman at all. No, of course. And um, anyway, so the Puritans were people who felt that the Church of England actually kept too much of the stuff that was in the Roman Catholic Church. And they wanted something that was even more simple and less structured. and A a simple faith, a less structured faith. But there were a group of Puritans who went one step further and wanted something completely separate from the Church of England. They didn't want to have to have their celebrations at those churches and they were called separatists. The separatists are the people that became the Puritans that came over sure. here. So, so they basically, were... general gist of what I'm getting is they tried to argue their cause. The 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 the, the UK monarchy was basically having none of it, and it's like, mm-hmm. all right, we need to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the their opinion that they wanted separate churches it was dangerous for the monarchy at that point because they were trying to wipe out all other churches. Um, in order yeah. to make sure, you know, the king had decreed this thing was going to be the way it was. And mm-hmm. so in order to make sure he had stable power and didn't have a bunch of Catholic in particular people going up against him and trying to rebel against him, it became illegal to be part of any church other than the Church of England. 
And so these Puritans who wanted to have a separate church were uh, a threat. They weren't a large group of people, but they were technically a threat to that control that the monarchy was seeking. And they could, in, in theory, make the monarchy look weak. And the monarchy, monarchy never wants to look weak. No, especially not 1600s that. monarchy. No. Uh, like, even the, nowadays, they probably wouldn't like it, but in the 1600s, mm-mm, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the monarchy is definitely not <laughs> what it used to be, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, I get what you mean. Uh, they're, they're probably a lot more chill now, which makes sense. Honestly, yeah. Just, like, they just get to it. They just get to live and be, and be a monarch. It's not a bad it's not a bad gig, I guess. Uh, so, but sort of general thing, I I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that they maybe didn't like if they didn't leave they wouldn't have had the chance to leave. Is kind of what I'm getting. What do you mean? As in they would have been killed. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really have a choice. Yeah, they they pretty much um, yeah. So what was happening is um. It's a le- it was illegal to be part of a church other than the Church of England. They weren't all necessarily being killed, but they but were being um, fined and harassed yeah. and sent to jail because technically what they were doing was illegal. Because it was a crime, technically. Even. Yeah. And all these other things. So um, the group of them, uh, largely the area around Scrooby in Nottinghamshire, England. Sure. They, um, that's where most of them were centered at the time. They fled to the Dutch Netherlands because in the Dutch Netherlands, there was more religious freedom. Although even there, people were not necessarily huge fans of them, but it was easier. It was but they were in a foreign as, country. Yeah. You know, the rules there are going to be different from what they're used to. Things like that. Yeah, and exactly. they worried that their children were going to be tempted by the what they considered more liberal and relaxed Dutch culture and not retain their pure British roots. Uh, yeah, I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know too much about, about the Dutch, I'm going to be honest. Uh, yeah. So like, um, well, back back like... then, one of the things too is that they were having wars back and forth with Spain, mm, here and there, yes. and oh. so um, between the worry that their children were going to become to start identifying more as being Dutch rather than English, and, and that they, yeah, they still didn't yeah. have great um, circumstances. It was better, but still not great. They wanted good. And yeah, also, like, you don't um, leave a country and then just settle for okay. Yeah. yeah, and also the fact that they were worried another war was potentially going to come, they decided to move again. They had stayed in Dutch Netherlands for like ten or twelve years. Okay, so a generation or so. Yeah, and then at that point they decided to move to America. Okay, and, and here's where we should it. probably do our mid-roll, because yeah. we're already quite far well, yeah. into this episode. <laughs> we, we already said we were going to cut a bit out, so that's fine. But yeah, it's, this is probably a good time for, for our mm-hmm. mid-roll thing. Right. Yeah. So we will do that, and then come back and talk a little bit more about the Puritans. Uh, I don't I don't know too much, so I don't know how much is left, but we'll find out. Uh, we will yeah. see you in just a sec, guys. Okay, everyone, welcome to the mid-roll. 
So like always, we're gonna talk about our amazing sponsors. I wanna talk off, talk, I can't talk today apparently. I wanna start off talking about World Anvil. WorldAnvil.com is an amazing website and um, campaign management software program that you can go to. Definitely recommend it. It's WorldAnvil.com, spelled exactly like it sounds. But they have all sorts of amazing features and it's the perfect campaign management tool for if you're trying to really build up the world that your players are in and connect all the dots. And you basically can create a wiki of a, and connect everybody and all the different characters and places and things and how they react to each other and interact with each other. If you're an author, same thing. If you have your readers that want to know more about the world you've created, especially if it's something where you haven't been able to work everything you wanted to into the stories yet, but you want them to have the information because you think it's really interesting, um, then you can put all of that into World Anvil and really build an amazing location to find all that information about the world you've created. It's worldanvil.com and we can't talk about them enough. They're fantastic. My DM is still using it for our new campaign. They're loving it everywhere, and we're loving it too because you can make like your own like moon maps. And our, our our world has three moons, so to be able to follow the three moon cycles, I, I like on a calendar, super good. They've got so many features. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, this week, as normal, I'm going to be talking about Die Hard Dice. Uh, I'm actually talking a, bit, a little bit differently because they have a holiday sale going on from now. Mm -hmm. uh, it kicked off. Uh, last week when we didn't have an episode uh, on the 16th of November and it's going all the way up until the 20th of December I almost said that the wrong way around because I had your American dates but that's okay <laughs> uh, so they have in, in the new releases for certain things they've got their untamed dice which are like kind of like the, the metal molds but polymer and more colorful they have metal meeples that are being sold uh, so if you play any games with meeples like Settlers of Catan or anything like that, you can get metal meeples, which they look really cool. They do look really cool. Uh, mm -hmm. They also have a, a bard, a Barbarian Dice Harm and Harmony uh, <laughs> a dice set that came out. They do have more things coming up uh, throughout their sort of holiday sale. Like they've got something called Draconia, uh, Eldrick, Stormforge, Gilded Rome, which comes out on the day this episode's going out. So go check Die Hard Dice for that as well. And then they've got other things coming up. They also have special sales. So yes, if you spend like from thirty up to one hundred and eighty dollars in their sort of sales and stuff, you can choose different levels of gifts, which include like polymer sets, loose D twenties, uh, dire D twenties, metal D sixes, uh, prismatic sets, dice towers, and dice trays, and even some of their seven piece metal dice sets, depending on what kind of bonus gifts you want to get with your orders and yeah they're just free for, for buying the things that you want uh you can also use the code uh, nerdsmith hyphen nov for november to get 10 percent off your order uh which stacks on top of everything else because it's super cool uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, uh they also have new adventure packs for their uh, uh which they're releasing for different uh classes in dnd each set comes with one metal dice, one one set of seven matching dice polymers. That, yeah, yeah, one matching set of seven dice, and then a mixed set of another seven set of dice. So you get two full sets and an additional uh, d20, all for twenty bucks, which including a metal die. The metal dice themselves are like twelve dollars anyway. So yeah, so that's, that's a good deal. It's a really good deal. Uh, 
so um, we'd like to look, look at those. They also have a charity thing going on with all of their Untamed sets, which we talked to, which came out on the first day of their uh, sale. Uh, they ha they will be donating a set, uh, a dice set of charity, uh, two charities working with educational programs with under and underprivileged communities to things like that, which I think is really really awesome. Uh, they have a bunch of new dice sets for it. Uh, Heather and I had a look through. They have these beautiful mm -hmm. purple and really crystal white dice it's called the Finria set. That's my personal favorite. Uh, and I think Heather said they, uh, she liked those ones as well. But I don't know if that was yeah, I like those. My favorites, I think it's a toss up between the Pegasus and the Leprechaun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Leprechauns are like red, black, and yellow sort of colors. Yeah, it's like rainbow, and then the faces are yellow. Yeah, and then the Pegasus one is rainbow again, uh, with a more sort of teal, purple color scheme, and then white, mm -hmm. like around the numbers and stuff. So yes. all of them super easy to read. Really cool that they're doing, like, giveaway dice for, you know, like those sort of community mm -hmm. things. Love that. Especially right now, where it might be needed that people need, like, their own personal dice, because you can't really share them. Covid and all that good stuff. So yeah. yeah, all super good. Sales are going until the twentieth. They've got new things to announce, which we don't know about, but you can check on the site at diehardice.com. Uh, yep. So yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's about all we uh, can talk about because we don't know any of the details until they come out. Because they're know, secrets. You have to wait and find out with everybody else. Yeah, we do. All right. So that yeah, that's Diehard Dice. We love them very much. They've got a load of new things coming out. Uh, so yeah, feel free to go check it out. Um, apart from that, I guess we'll get back into doing our thing with the pilgrims <laughs> and the separatists mm -hmm. and the, the whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so now we're back into the episode. We've covered the mm -hmm. very, very rapid leaving from a country that didn't like them to a country that tolerated them, but then there were war concerns and all that good stuff, so now they moved again into uh, the American West, I think you said? Like the American Northwest? Is that, is that what you said? Northeast. Northeast, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm so, oh yeah, of course, because it's that way. See, I, they I'm headed west. Like, they uh, headed yeah, west yeah, to yeah. the American like, Northeast. I, I meant this way on like a sort of clock face, like into that corner, mm -hmm. but I, I am just <laughs> terrible with my directions. Like west is that way and then, ugh. Uh, no worries, I understand. So, Same. It, so it's, <laughs> it's so it's like kind of obviously not going to New York, but that kind of area, yeah. Yeah, yeah in that well, general vicinity, they were yeah. actually. Um, so the move to America wasn't super easy. They were actually planning to go establish a farming colony, um, sort of in the northern part of the Virginia colony. Okay. Yeah, um, and so... at, at that point, the Virginia colony extended pretty far north still. It hadn't been broken up into smaller states yet. Like, like Virginia and, and West Virginia and all that kind of thing. Right. It hadn't been broken up like that. So the Virginia colony actually went all the way up to the Hudson River. So basically, they were planning to settle kind of where New York City is right now. Oh, really? Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah. That's where they weren't aiming for. It's not where they landed. <laughs> Well, um, they didn't really have a good way of tracking apart from star maps and stuff, so. Well, yeah, they also ran into issues. So, um, 
there's several details here that a lot of people don't know, but before I get into them, is there anything you have a question about yet? Uh, not that you've sort at of explained. This point. Like, I get that they had their own religious values, they weren't being respected, mm -hmm. which doesn't surprise me for Middle Age England, not at all. Uh, yeah. Left that sort of area, and now they're trying to get to a place where they'll have a better, better shot at it. But then I'm pretty sure it goes downhill for the people they that they get help from. That's just a hunch because America tends to be like that. I'm sorry, America, but your your history is a bit <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not offended. I agree. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm seeing this go. I don't actually have any questions. It all kind of makes sense in the brief in the brief way we're discussing it. Obviously, there's going to have been more going on, like specific, like things that we're not going to cover. But as we've always said, we're not here to cover everything because we've been talking even longer than we do, and we already talk over our time limit in quotes. Yeah, we're already over it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm so, sure. So yeah, feel free to you know. Okay. Talk. So I will go look it up later. Yeah, definitely. If you guys want more information than we're able to cover in our theoretically half-hour podcast. Um, please feel free to do your own research. But um, a lot of things went wrong for the pilgrims. Um, now, for one thing, at this point, they weren't known as pilgrims yet. Okay. One interesting thing, um, something that I actually found in the Britannica Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, whichever way it goes, Encyclopedia Britannica, I was right the second time, um, is that they weren't initially referred to as pilgrims. They were actually... Um, these the first settlers who founded the colony were referred to as old comers and then forefathers, and they didn't start being called pilgrims until uh, roughly two hundred years later, in eighteen twenty, um, when someone found a a manuscript written by um, William Bradford, who was I believe the original governor. Um, when they landed, he was part of the group. He was the governor of Plymouth County for, or Plymouth Colony for 30 years. Right. So, um, and he, he was a member of the Separatist Church. So he was a, one of the Puritan Separatists. But he had written a manuscript referring mm -hmm. to the saints, quote unquote, who had left Holland as pilgrims. And so 200 years after the fact, um, an orator named Daniel Webster used the phrase Pilgrim Fathers, and the term Pilgrims became common usage after that for those colonists who had settled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the one who basically started its common usage. Before then, they were referred to by other terminology. But these people... Um, after, after the thing, sorry. Yeah, no worries. They were they didn't have enough money to fund this trip by themselves, so they were actually working with a um, couple of London investors, in particularly one big London stock company, uh, which I wasn't able to find the name of easily, but they did work with one. And um, they funded the trip, but they sent a lot of their own people along as well. Another thing is that it they had issues. So originally they were gonna have two ships. When everyone thinks of the pilgrims coming over here, they think of just the Mayflower. Yeah, which I assume there's is even, the ship name. Yeah. yeah, there's even, you know, the old children's nursery rhyme. 
April showers bring May flowers, and what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. Uh-huh. It's 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 really dumb, <laughs> but it's like a little little thing mm-hmm. that kids over here will sing songs sometimes. Sure. Um, but there were actually two ships originally that they were going to use. One was called the Speedwell, and one was called the Mayflower. They were going to use two ships because they had enough people um, to man both. To man, yeah, to man both and fill both. But unfortunately, the Speedwell turned out not to be seaworthy. It kept leaking. Oh yeah, that's a bit of a problem, <laughs> especially for what would have been like over a month of voyaging in mm-hmm. that kind of time period. You can't. There's no way that would have worked. So. Yeah, yeah. They kept they set sail a couple of times until finally they just had to leave the Speedwell in England. But because they had to leave the, one of the ships behind, they actually weren't able to take all of the the Puritan settlers in one go. They had to split up families and stuff and leave some people behind Ooh. because the investors weren't gonna let them not take Damn. along the people that they were paying. To ensure that their investment went well. Yeah, of course. That I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a charity. Absolutely not. Right. So there were there were roughly a hundred people. Some accounts say a hundred and two. Some said a hundred. Some said around a hundred. So I'm just gonna go with around a hundred because then I'm not wrong. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> um, of the people that were on the ship, there were around a hundred people on the Mayflower sailing to England, mm-hmm. and of that. 100, 102 people, only 35 were of the Puritan Separatist Church. That feels wrong. <laughs> right? Only only 35. The it's other 65 or so were, were you know, the people that were running the ship, the people that were being sent by the company to ensure that everything actually went well. So two-thirds of the people that made the trip on the Mayflower that gets considered the pilgrims and people think of them as all being a group of people trying to escape religious persecution. No, only one third of the people on that ship were trying to escape religious persecution. Okay. I've got a question now. Did they ever Mm -hmm. go back for the other ones? The others came eventually. Yeah. Okay. Cause you know what? It would not have surprised me if it never got back. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, mm, I didn't specifically look to see if the Mayflower is the ship they used. Or if they just used a different ship. Right. Okay. But um, eventually people went over there. Well, okay. So, but like the original ones, there was a very small number of them being separatists. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And even, even then, um, I'm double checking. Yeah, the Speedwell had issues. Yep. Um... <laughs> Yeah, um, so there had originally been 102 passengers um, between both ships. I think one of the ships had more of the gear. And then there had been like roughly 120 between both ships. Only 102 were chosen to go on the Mayflower and the supplies were consolidated. Sure. And then um, there were 28 adults from the congregation there were actually also um i don't have the numbers here i think i talked about it in my thanksgiving episode but there were quite a few children 
included in the group of people that the company sent over because um, they were young and healthy, so they had a good chance of surviving the ship passage. And then also, um, they were cheap (laughs) to send. I am really sad that that is the case. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, (laughs) I know. Um, But eventually the other people did come over. It just took a while. Yeah, it doesn't say specifically in the research I did, unfortunately. But I do know that more people came over later. There, There was more than one trip that brought people over. It's just that the first one was... Um, much fewer in terms of religious persecution fleeing than most people think. Most people, when you think of the pilgrims, like I said, one of the simple history things you're taught is that it was people escaping religious persecution. And they're not wrong. But it's just But it wasn't just... Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's not wrong, but it's not the whole thing. Exactly. And they escaped the persecution fairly generally well to one point, but going to America wasn't escaping it. It was making a better sort of situation for themselves. Yes, or at least that's what they were shooting for. Yeah, which the f- generally, yeah. if you were yeah, but to put it that way, it probably worked out for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe not worked yeah, out well, for, the, for the people there, but... Yeah, well, and they were originally planning to settle near the Hudson River in what's now New York City area. But when they got over here, they the trip took a long time. They had more difficulties on the trip, besides the ones they'd originally had with the Speedwell. And then on top of that, um, they had lost a couple of people. Someone was, uh, I just had it, where'd it go? Someone was knocked off the ship in a storm. Um, someone died on the ship. I mean, which was not uncommon for you know yeah. the time yeah, back then for, for long haul ships that were that long. Um, yeah, people can die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and... there was a child born on the ship. Oh, okay, that's cool. Also, like it wasn't all bad. Mm. So yeah, so they lost that <laughs> one person. The other person. <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. That's terrible. Mm. But um, definitely a lot of people didn't make it to land. Um, And even once they landed, it was very hard. They were thinking they were going to land somewhere a little further south where the weather was more hospitable. Instead, because of the rough seas and the shoals and everything and having trouble landing, they ended up in Massachusetts, which is, I mean, it's not like, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of miles away from where they were trying to land but the ground there wasn't what they were expecting so like the seeds and stuff they had that they were planning to plant in more temperate weather weren't going to work so basically they the supplies they planned for weren't really viable anymore so they had to basically make something up quick Mm -hmm. okay yeah and the place they landed actually wasn't bad for a settlement they found a decent place, and that's where they ended up farming, you know, um, their initial city. But uh, they were suffering from, you know, cold weather. Because they, they landed in December. They, they really didn't plan things as well as it could have been. Because, unfortunately, they weren't pl- 
they were planning to leave England earlier than September but because of to, weather they, conditions and everything. But they had the issues with uh, the other ship, so that... Well, yes, yeah, they had to back. keep turning back, and so ultimately they didn't actually leave, leave England until September. And then because mm-hmm. it took them 66 days back then to get across the ocean, they didn't basically. land yeah. in New England until November of 1620. Actually, November 11th of 1620 is the day they made land. Um, and for anyone who's ever been to New England in November or December, it's cold. It's cold. There's a lot of snow. The weather's not fantastic. And um, they found a decent place to... a harvest. Yeah, they found a decent place to settle, given everything. Um, but it took with the weather and everything else, it took them a while to build houses, and while they were building themselves houses and settlements to fight off and defend themselves from the weather, a lot of people still lived on the ship. A lot of people were living on the ship in close quarters. A lot of people got sick. Yeah. So of the 100 and 100, 102 people that the originally landed point. there, yeah. only 52 survived the first year. Oh, so that's just over 50%, only just. That's... Yes. That's rough. And but what um, else can you expect if you're landing mid-November with no way of planting and harvesting food, and also no yeah. way of making shelter? It's it's a bad. It's a it's just bad all around. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and they um. In April of the following year, so they mm. landed in November of 1620 and did their best to survive. Sure. Um, they actually, they made land in New England November of 1620. They actually got to Plymouth Harbor where they settled and started building December 16th of 1620. So like a month later. Wow. So it was really, really bad weather by this point, I'm sure. Yeah, that's like the like, start of the start of like winter at that point. Like. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's definitely rough. <laughs> and there's only so much sort of you can bring yourself supply wise which you're not going to use in two months Mm -hmm. yeah and so of the 52 people who survived i wasn't able to find numbers on how many of those were the puritans that we think of as being the pilgrims versus how many were the actual um people sent from the company yeah yeah. i didn't find a number on basically that yeah I didn't oh. find a number on that, but as it's you not... can imagine, that yeah. was hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is every chance. Well, it's unlikely, potentially all of them, if because there was only one third of the ship that was then, and over a third mm-hmm. died. They could feasibly have worked out terribly for the Puritans in that kind of regard. I doubt it was all of them, though. Like that's still it's still like it's just still a fair chunk of people. But say even yeah. like half those died. There were only thirty-five to begin with. So what? Fifteen, twenty-four, uh, fifteen. So seventy, like sub twenty. If you're basically saying like half of each sort of group died, as an average. Mm-hmm. So, A lot of the crew from the Mayflower ship died also. And when they sailed back to England to pick up the other people in April of sixteen twenty-one. It was at half crew. Oh, damn. Uh, I don't yeah. know how many people would have been uh, recruited to, to run that ship, and it probably doesn't say. But... 
Yeah, I, I didn't find an exact number, but yeah, a lot of people. And um, the original governor died. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's when William Bradford took over. Sure. Um, and yeah, it wasn't an easy existence. But one of the reasons I wanted to cover this topic is I feel like, you know, I told you kind of what the cookie cutter simplified kid version of who the pilgrims yeah. were. That I mean, that's what most people know. Like, Most people, if you ask them who were the pilgrims, they're going to say, oh, it's the people who came, the Puritans who came from England. They were fleeing religious persecution. They they landed in Plymouth Rock. They made friends with the Native Americans, yada, yada, yada. Right. The only part of that sentence of that little snippet that's completely true is they did actually make friends with the Native Americans that were there. Yeah. They didn't leave specifically from England. They'd already moved away from there. They had been living in, uh, oh, it was... Uh, it was Dutch, the Dutch area, wasn't it? Dutch Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, Dutch Netherlands. So, like, they that bit's not technically true. They weren't running specifically from the, from the the religious persecution at that point. So yeah, it wasn't they, a full crew of Puritans. They had run from the religious persecution. <laughs> they ran away to the Dutch Netherlands. Yeah, and then in the Dutch Netherlands, they weren't being religiously persecuted, no. but they decided that they weren't happy there anymore, and they wanted to try for a better life. Yeah, so they contracted with a company in england to go across the pond and land in the american colonies but only um, a very small number of people on that ship were puritans and mm -hmm. they didn't actually land at Plymouth rock because it took them a month extra to get there so mm -hmm. that wasn't where they landed obviously so right. yeah lots of things wrong but yeah they actually landed in cape cod okay um i don't know where that is on a map but I'm sure Honestly, I couldn't tell you without looking at a map where Cape Cod is in relation to Plymouth Rock, but they're not the same spot. <laughs> no, no. And a month of travel for a group that big, it's still a decent sort of way ways away, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to cover before we wrap this one up? Uh, but this one doesn't feel like a good end point because it's, you know, like it's not as like like open open and shut i guess like, mm -hmm. i know it is weird um but uh, one thing um so looking at my notes so according to history.com mm -hmm. which is one of the places i looked up research on the pilgrims yeah. not the only one but one of them um the harvest feast that was shared with the native americans and the pilgrims um, is one of the things that's considered the basis for Thanksgiving now. Yeah. Um, and it was it was in the fall of 1621. Probably not November. My guess would be like September. Yeah, like cause November is late fall if you want to call it fall at all. Mm. Like it's 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 pretty much winter at that point, especially late November. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's already getting it, cold. We already know that. Yeah. And um, one thing that is true about the stories of the first Thanksgiving um, is that the pilgrims who had settled in that area, um, they were more tolerant of the Native Americans than in some areas of the country what, that like existed Columbus? so far. Like Columbus? Well, that's yeah. a, that was a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started on that one again. No, um, now, shouldn't. it wasn't perfect. Uh, 
nothing ever ends. there were there were still issues but um the pilgrims when they built their settlement they actually ended up talking with a couple of english-speaking native americans okay they were native americans who had actually um escaped in particular they they we know they talked to one who was named tisquantum or squanto Eh, they don't like that because it gets used for derogatory stuff um but he was a member of a tribe called the patuxet tribe and they resided in what is currently massachusetts and rhode island and he had been taken by john smith's men in 1614 he, they'd planned to use him for slavery, um, but he managed to escape to England and then got back to his native land later. Oh, wow. That's impressive. But he found, yeah, he found out that a lot of his tribe had died, so he was working with other tribes in the area. Okay. Um, but according to a lot of uh, like notes and things that we have from that time frame, he helped them and he kind of helped to do some of the negotiations and things. Um, again, this is something I cover more in my, the real history of Thanksgiving topic. Yeah. So episode, so I don't want to get too far into it because it's a whole rabbit hole, well, yeah, but, but basically anyway. there is some so. truth to that aspect of the Thanksgiving story. Mm-hmm. They were on much more friendly terms with the native Americans than, than a lot of other settlers up and down the coast. That yeah. part is true. That's good. That's a good bit to be true. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, honestly, I agree. <laughs> so yeah. But, it didn't last forever. No, unfortunately not. Uh, but, but at least and, initially it was better. <laughs> yeah. As as you sort of just said, you have a whole episode you did before I joined on this topic. Mm-hmm. So feel free to go check that out or do more research into what happened afterwards and stuff. Because, you know, we've been talking for an hour. We're really good mm-hmm. at this half an hour thing. Obviously some of it's going to get cut because tangents. We're super bad at tangents. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but I feel like that's a fairly good place to, to sort of wrap up, at least covering some of the the less honest, I guess, bits and the then the more honest bits. I think we've done a fairly good job with that in general. Or or I say you have, because there's only so much you can do in this topic. Well that's fine. I mean, if this isn't a topic you would have been taught about. There's no reason for you to have been taught about it. No, uh, I didn't know. I, like I said, the only thing I'm fairly like a little bit knowledgeable on this the, the Thanksgiving general sort of term because it's covered a lot in American TV which makes sense yeah. like this in every kind of show that I've watched there's always at least one Thanksgiving episode in, in the run normally more yeah yeah like yeah no it's definitely a, a big holiday over here well, and I mean there's a lot of commercialism to it now of well, the like all the trimmings and how ha- and eat as much as you can and Thanksgiving Day football and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, but, just commercialization yeah. in everything these days. You cannot escape it. True. Like this is true. Like there's nothing that's, that hasn't been touched by it in some way or another. So yeah, this is true. But at its core, Thanksgiving is at least the way most families interpret it is it's a time to get together with your family and be thankful for your loved ones and the people you have around you and you know even if you're not from a rich family it's a time to celebrate what you do have yes be thankful for the things that you have managed to do your achievements and all that kind of thing Mm -hmm. 
On a slightly sour note, because I feel like it's important to mention, while it's nice to be able to get in touch with family, this year's probably not the year to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. We were talking actually before we started recording. Very my family important. is not, well, I should say my immediate family. I don't know what all of my cousins and uncles and aunts are doing, but I know my immediate family is not getting together for Thanksgiving this year because here in California, things just closed down again because we had a spike in cases. Yeah. Like, obviously, if you could, like, set up video calls to at least see each other on that day, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Just try and just yeah. keep Which everyone safe. Which we are yeah. planning to do. You know, my mom has a webcam at home because my dad liked to do a lot of Skype calls with family in England. <laughs> yeah, that makes um, sense. My, my husband and I are very much set up for <laughs> any kind of webcam situation because oh, really? of all the streaming we really? do. I would never have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my brother works for Apple. Uh, I he's not allowed to tell me what he does at Apple, but he, fair enough. But he works for Apple, Excuse. and so um, he knows how to do all the tech stuff too. So we'll do some kind of video call, but we're not going to physically all get together. <laughs> Just be safe. If yeah. you if you are going to get together with family, be safe. Take precautions. If you can self quarantine yourself before you meet with other family, yeah. You know, um, Just... ideally wear masks. Yeah, just make sure you're you know, being as safe as you can do in whatever you do. That's basically all yeah. we can say. Hopefully, next this time next year, this won't be an, uh, an issue. I'd really like that to be the case. But Same. In the meantime, we hope everyone stays safe and stays well and keeps themselves safe. We're all doing the same thing as well. Uh, yeah, just... Yeah, <laughs> there's not much else I can yep. really say. Uh, December's yeah. and obviously. And for anyone be... who's, oh, oh, I was just gonna say for anyone who's on this side of the pond, have a happy Thanksgiving. And for anybody on my side, um, just have a great Thursday. <laughs> 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 we will wrap up now because yeah, we have literally gone for an hour because we're mm-hmm. super good with this thing. All right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Everyone have a fantastic week, fantastic Thanksgiving, fantastic whatever you celebrate or don't. Keep yourself safe, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye, guys. Mm-hmm. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Geek Thyself. Don't forget to check out all the other amazing content on the Nerdsmith Network. If you have any questions for either of us, you can get in contact with us on Twitter at geek underscore thyself. You can also email us at geekthyself at nerdsmith.org. And please don't forget to go to iTunes and leave us a review, or also go anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We'll be back next week with another informative and fun episode. And until then, don't forget to geek thyself. Bye.